I am so excited today as we wrap up our series, Pray First. We are in week five of it, and we're coming off some of the best weeks of a church I think we've ever had. Some of my favorite weeks uh, we have ever had. We just had our 21 days of prayer and then revival nights. And come on, say so if you were there at revival night. It was incredible. We sold out our Milford campus two nights in a row, and then we ended here with one of the coolest nights of worship we've ever had. And it was just so much fun we had as a church, and I really believe people walked away completely different because of those nights. And it was so cool because I had conversations in the lobby like I've never had before. People just saying, I needed this, I needed this, I needed a, a, a format for God to speak to me, to get through to me, for me to hear from God. And it happened at a revival night. Come on church, if God spoke to you at revival night, if you were excited, so glad that we could do that. And Pastor Kenneth talked about our heart as a church in that time. And um, one of the things that he talked about was was we're not just going to start the year with prayer. We're going to go every day of the year uh, with prayer and every uh, moment. We're going to finish the year with prayer too. And so starting this Tuesday, we're going to be having uh, mornings of prayer at our Milford campus every Tuesday. We're going to be starting at 6.30 a.m. Um, so it's a little, it's, we backed it up from our 21 days of prayer. So we want everyone to be able to come. And so we'll be out by 7.30 promptly every single Tuesday. So you're able to make it to work. You're able to go get the kids to school, whatever you need to do. But let's start our weeks with prayer star day with prayer. And so Tuesday, 6.30, Pastor Ken's going to be kicking us off this week. Join us. We have some worship and then prayer prompt and then just time to pray. And I believe that uh, if we can commit to that as showing up as a church, that we're going to see God do things. Um, we will do things too, but I believe God will move uh, when we gather for prayer. Um, and so we're so excited this Tuesday, Milford Campus, 6.30. Uh, join us. Church, are you excited about becoming the house of prayer? So excited. Um, today, I just would like to ask if, uh, if you have ever had a moment where you've said to yourself, this took a lot more than I thought it would. This took a lot more than I thought it would. I say that phrase quite a bit. I don't know why. I don't know how I get myself into this stuff, but I do where I think I might have bit off more than... I can chew. Just two weeks ago on Saturday, I got, a, I got a fridge and it has the fancy thing where you get ice and water. I know you're like, those have been around for a long time. Well, we just got one, okay? And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to hook up the water line to this. I watched some YouTube videos. They're like, it's going to take like seven minutes and you'll be done. And so I was like, I got, I got a little bit of time this afternoon. And so let me tell you, thanks to that YouTube video, three hours later, two trips to Lowe's, two trips to Ace Hardware, we had cold water and ice coming out our fridge. <laughs> About halfway through when I'm in the crawl space, I'm like, this took a lot more than what I thought it would take. Uh, maybe you can resonate with this. When Leisha and I have people over to our house, she says, oh, we need to clean the house. And I'm like, oh, yeah, of course. Like, wipe off the table, sweep a little bit, and then we're done, right? And she's like, oh, we haven't even started then. And she's ready to start remodeling the house. I was just like, I just thought I was going to wipe off the counter or something like that. But come on, church, have you ever said to yourself, this took more than I thought, this required a little bit more? Raise your hand, raise your hand. Come on, yes, yes. Look around, look around. Everyone, everyone, all of us has said at some point, this took more than I thought it would. All of us. All of us, at some point in our walk with Jesus, we will confess, God is asking more of me than I thought he would. 
this is taking more than I thought it would. God is requiring a lot more of me than I thought I was signing up for. And so today's sermon comes with a little warning label that God will ask more of us than what we really thought he would, but it comes with a promise that he will provide for us more than we ever thought. He will reward us more than we ever imagined. And we will see more things by the hand of God in our life than we thought possible. All we have to do is pray some prayers and we will see God move. And so today's prayers, as we cover them, as we end our series, Pray First, uh, they come with a warning label. But I want to let you know that they are 100% worth it. They are 100% um, prayers that you should pray. I just want to let you know that you may want to consider the consequences of praying things. Because just like they cut out a lot of that YouTube video uh, that I watched for installing, life comes with things that we don't always see coming. And God, when we accept his work, it may, come with things, it may come with things that we never uh, thought that he would ask of us. And so we just have some prayers today, but I just want to show you a quick one of how maybe we get into this trouble a lot in our life. In the book of Matthew, Jesus, he says this, Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. And this sounds like a great thing. Like, I really like this. Like, ask, and you'll find. Like, like this is a great promise from God. And we're like, yeah, how do I cash in on this? And then what happens along the way is at some point, you'll say something like, God, what do you think I should do in this situation? And then he tells you. And then you're like, yeah, but obviously I'm still going to do what I was planning on doing. But that's an interesting take and all. Uh, but I think I'll go to my own now. Asking you'll find, and oftentimes we find that God asks us more than we, what we really thought it required. So today we have three prayers, three prayers that I believe we all should pray, but it may lead to some dangerous outcomes. Careful what you pray for, because you may just get it. And today they're in no particular order of danger or no particular order of, of, you know, when you should pray which prayer. But maybe today as you take notes, you just ask God, God, which one do you want me to pray today? Which one are you asking me to pray today? And see where exactly he leads you. The first prayer uh, comes to us from Isaiah. Now, Isaiah, we kind of know him now as this major prophet. He prophesied a lot about the coming of Jesus, God's plan for humanity, how God would uh, rescue us from our sins and provide for us salvation. So Isaiah is kind of like this big shot. And he did a lot and wrote a lot, but it didn't start out that way. In fact, this is really the, the jumping point of Isaiah's ministry is in Isaiah 6, 8. And I heard the voice of the Lord saying, this is Isaiah, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? And then I said, here I am, send me. The first prayer, here I am, send me. And I'm so interested to see a character in the Bible who simply volunteered for their purpose. God says, who, who am I going to send? And Isaiah's like, uh, he, here I am. You, hey, pick me. You, you can send me. I'll, I'm available. I'm ready. And, and, and God's reaction is not like, was there anyone else? I was really hoping for someone a little taller maybe. Or God's reaction is, okay, I can use a heart like that. I can use a person like that. 
If you're available, I can use you. If you're willing to go, I can send you. Whatever it is, if you are available, God can use you. And so today, my biggest lesson for myself has been, if I am available, God will use me. Not if I have the great credentials, not if I am, have all the right experience, not if I'm the right fit. If I am available, God will use me. And God will send you wherever it is that you're available for. And he will send us to do great things. Now, he may send you to your boss. He may send you to your coworkers. He may send you to your students. He may send you to your employees. He may send you uh, to the person that you meet on the, on the road. He may send you to your server or he may send your server to you. God will send people. All it requires of us is that we are available. When I started high school, high school was already a time where I had a lot of insecurities and uh, things I, I, I really was trying to work out for myself. Freshman year, one of my first classes I had uh, was taught by a teacher named Mr. G. And I walked into his classroom and I remember him because he provided a room for me uh, to be confident in my faith. And he was a believer and he never really had to talk about it. Just the atmosphere he made in that room that, that we could know that he, he was there. And he was there for students like me and he was there for students not like me. And I, I got to thinking about Mr. G a couple of years ago and just the gratitude I had for him. And so I ended up uh, sending him a message. I found him and sent him a message and just to tell him thank you for providing that atmosphere. And I just wanted to read that in his response for you today. So you can see the impact that you might have when you just say, I'm available, Lord, send me. October 5th, 2020, 9.22 p.m. This is why I sent this message. Mr. G, I hope you're doing well. You came to mind tonight, and I felt prompted to send a message to you. I was listening to some music from high school, and it reminded me of your class and how you would have us share songs and have discussion around them. It was a gesture that you were listening to all of us, and more importantly, was your posture. Through all my years in school, many of my teachers were believers. Out of all of them, you provide the most assurance to me to be confident in my faith. I looked forward to your class because I knew it would be a breath of fresh air. You allowed us to talk about faith, and I value those conversations. Thank you for being a light. About 16 minutes later, Mr. G responded, Hey, Mark, I hope you're very well, and I hope you and your brother Eric are doing well. Thanks for your encouragement. I miss those Lake Forest days. It wasn't easy being a Christian teacher there, but God always made a way. Now I teach at a Christian school where he's moved to, and it's good, but I find the kids in Christian school aren't as open about their struggles as kids at public school were with me. Maybe they feel they have to put on a facade that all is good, but so many struggle with many things that public school kids do. Anyway, I see your pastor at United Church, and I hear God is doing great things there. I send this October 2020. I first walked into Mr. G's classroom, September 2005. 15 years, I remember the impact he had on me. Just by being sent, just by being available. Church, I just want to tell you that you may be a few more years away from getting a message like this. It might be 15 years away from right now, but God will make a way. You just have to be available for what he wants to do. And some point along the way, at some time, I hope that you do get a message 
I hope that, that someone does message you and they just say, thank you for being a light. It was tough, but thank you. Thank you for being there to encourage me. Thank you for, for being there to be kind to me. Thank you for being a friend when I didn't have anyone else. Thank you for inviting me to church. Thank you for telling me which way to go when I didn't know. Thank you for giving me a little bit of hope. Thank you for sharing your joy with me. Thank you for sharing a meal with me. Thank you for buying my coffee. Church, you have no clue what God can do through people who just say, God, I'm available. Send me. I'm here for you. And you might be a few more years away from getting a message, but let me tell you, those roots run deep and the fruit will be there. We just have to be available to God. And so what we sign up for, well, we don't know. Where is God sending us? I can't tell you. But God will send available people. And the question is, well, am I going to enjoy it? Or is it going to be like, is it going to be boring? Or am I, is it going to be pain? Look, Isaiah said this, and then God set him up. Isaiah's path was painful. It was filled with opposition. But we still have the fruit today when we read in the scriptures about the coming Messiah, Jesus, the wonderful counselor, the Prince of Peace. The fruit is there. But the roots have to run deep first. And so all I can tell you is that our way of knowing that we will have the time of our lives pursuing the will of God is this, is is that I delight to do your will. Oh my God, your law is within my heart. When we delight to do the will of God, we will have fun wherever we are. We just need to be available. And I'm so thankful in my life that there are people that prayed the prayer of here I am, send me. I'm so thankful Mr. G prayed that prayer and he turned that classroom into a place where I could be confident about my faith. I'm so glad Pastor Kenneth and Sherry prayed that prayer. And now we have United Church here in Dover and Milford. I can't imagine my life without that. And so we celebrate them because their faithfulness has been in the works for years. And we say, I don't know if I could do something like that. But where did it start? It started with, here I am, send me. God, I'm available. And Pastor Kenneth and Sherry, I've seen the fruit coming for years and years and years. And I'm a fruit of that. We're all fruits of that. And all it takes is someone just to say, here I am, God. Send me. I'm willing. When you pray this prayer, it may take you further than you thought. But it will be such a great journey for you and your life. The second prayer, second prayer. That, uh, that may have a little bit of danger to us uh, comes from the book of Psalms. And this is David writing, and he says this, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try me and know my thoughts. And see if there be any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. The prayer, search me and know me. See, this is dangerous because we invite God into every part of our life. We invite him to examine our motives, examine our intentions. He does not look just at the actions of our hands, but he looks at the motivations of our heart. And so we say, when we say, search me and know me, God, we're saying, hey, God, you have a front row seat to my life. What is it that you see that you think I should change? What is it that you see that doesn't belong in my life? The word grievous, it just means painful or hurtful. Anything that can damage, anything that can hurt the people around me, anything that can hurt me, God, would you see if there's any grievous way in me? Search me and know me. God can already see into our life, and so we might as well invite him there. 
I have a uh, favorite fast food coffee shop place. I won't mention it by name, but I was there at Dunkin' Donuts two months ago. (laughs) And I went up to the kiosk and I ordered my coffee and one donut. Come on, one donut. Making progress here. I ordered my one donut and I ordered the donut for Alicia because I can't come back without a donut for her if I have a donut. Um, So I know it sounds like I ordered two donuts. I ordered one donut. Okay, one donut. And I ordered my sour cream donut. If you've never had one, I know it sounds gross, but it's like a fried funnel cake in donut form. Um, But you got to go to the right store because they make them different ways. But anyways, that's not about this. So I order at the kiosk and, and they come up with my coffee. I walk up and they say, oh, we're actually out of your donuts. I'm like, that's a bad day. Luckily though, I said, oh, no, there's actually two in this glass case up here. And they say, sorry, sir, we're out of the donuts. I said, no, 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 you don't understand. There's two right here in this glass case. And they say, we can't sell those. I said, why not? And they said, it's corporate policy. I said, what's the policy? I said, I want a donut. You have them. Can I not get my donut? And they said, sorry, sir, we can't sell those donuts. But would you like a different donut? I said, no, I don't want a different donut. I want this donut in the case that I can see. And in the middle of this, they're like, sorry, sir, we can't sell you this donut. And they look back and they're like, oh, we actually don't have the yellow donut either. I said, there's six of them right here. I can see them. I stood there for an embarrassingly long amount of time trying to get my donuts. <laughs> I walked away with no donuts that day, none. There will come a day where God will say to you, I want that. And we will say, God, I don't know if I can give you that. I'm willing to give you this though. And he says, no, I want that. And he's going to stand there for a long time. He's going to be at that counter. So what's the policy? <laughs> God will ask us to give up something. Maybe for 21 days or maybe for January, you were fasting from something. And now we're out of that and you're like, okay, I get this back now. And God's saying, no, no, I need you to give that up forever. I need you to walk away from that forever. And we'll say, God, I don't, I don't know if I'm ready for that, but I could do this instead. I go to church like one more time a month if you're okay with that instead. (laughs) God says, no, no, that won't do it. I need all of you. There is something in our life that we are trying to shield from the eyes of God. There's something in your life that you hope God doesn't ask you for, but one day he will. And he'll look through the glass of your life and he will say, I want that from you. And when we pray this prayer, search me and know me, it prepares us to give it to him. Again, this verse, search me, O God, and know my heart. Not just pass it by, examine it. Try me. This is like, put me on trial. See, we're in a culture where we put God on trial a lot. This verse swaps the roles. Put me on trial, God. I want you to examine me, put me in the spotlight and see what you would take away from me and know my thoughts and see if there be any harmful way in me, any hurtful way in me, any painful way in me, any grievous way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. God will lead you to a full life 
He will lead you to an everlasting life. He will lead you to a joyful life. He will lead you to a full life. He will lead you to an amazing life. But we need him to lead us and lead me in the way everlasting. Why? Because there is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is the way to death. There is a way that seems right to us. But God says, no, that's not the way you're going to go. I know other people are. I know your friends are. I know your coworkers are. I know they talk about that. But that's not the way you talk. That's not the way you live. That's not the way you operate. We operate underneath God's control, God's dominion. We love to talk about God as Savior. But sometimes we step back when we talk about him as King, when we talk about him as Lord. He has access to every part of our life. Are we willing to listen to him. Last prayer, last prayer comes to us from Jesus. Jesus says, Father, if you are willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours be done. Nevertheless, not my will, but yours. Not my will, but yours. There's going to come a point in our life where we will want to go one way and God will ask us to go a different way. And we will try to bargain with God. Have you ever like bargained with God? We talked a little bit earlier, like, God, I'll go like twice a month to church. I'll even, I'll say something nice to someone. God, I just, I'm looking to get out of this of what you want your will to be. And he says, no, 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 no. I ask for 100%. Not your will, but God's will. And we cannot have that fully until our will is fully submitted to what God wants for our life. Not my will, but God's will be done. There's a verse in 1 Corinthians. It says, so whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of of God, whether you eat or drink. Now, growing up, this verse confused me all the time. I'm like, how do I eat chips and queso for the glory of God? I don't, I just don't understand it. And there's a verse in this passage that helps explain it a little bit more than uh, just whether or not you eat chips and queso to the glory of God. Although who's ready to eat some chips and queso? But just before this, He says, let no one seek his own good, but the good of his neighbor. So how do we do all for the glory of God? We put down our will and we say, God, I'm all in on what you want. My own ambitions, I can set those aside for your will. My own plans, I can set those aside for your will. I trust you. And so because of that, I'm gonna surrender everything I have to you. All that I have belongs to you, God, my time, my money, my will, my plans, all. How much does God deserve? He deserves all of it. And so we give all of it to him. And this is not an easy thing. And it's surely not a uh, comfortable thing. But we all know that everything in our life that we cherish comes to us, not from comfort, but from affliction. Think about all the things that you cherish. There's been affliction involved in it. It's not because you stayed in your comfort zone. 
a life that you will cherish is when you say, I can put my will down and I can live instead for the glory of God. I can do all things for the glory of God. And I live for the good of others. I live for the good of God. And I don't worry so much anymore about what I want in this life. This can be hard for us because in our culture, we talk a lot about contracts, not so much about covenants. See, when we talk about my, not my will, but yours, we're like, yeah, I say that, but like, it'd be really nice, God, if you'd give me this too. Like, I'll serve if you give me a promotion. That'd be great. I'd love that. And over and over again, we try to barter with God. And he says, this is not how it works. This is not a contract. This is a co covenant. You give 100% of your life and I will look after you 100%. God is giving us his 100%. It's time we give him our 100%. And so I want to just help us learn to pray this. I want to help us learn how to uh, think about this, speak this over our life. And so there's a prayer that I'm going to walk through. It's by uh, John Wesley. It's the covenant prayer. You can, you know, look it up um, as well. And you can learn and you can pray this prayer. But I just want to walk through this. So we have something to really grip onto. And we say, God, I mean it when I say not my will, but yours be done. And so here's the prayer. I'm no longer my own, but yours. Put me to what you will. Place me with whom you will. Put me to doing. Put me to suffering. Let me be put to work for you or set aside for you. Praise for you or criticize for you. Let me be full. Let me be empty. Let me have all things. Let me have nothing. I freely and fully surrender all things to you, to your glory and service. And now, a wonderful and holy God, creator, redeemer, and sustainer, you are mine and I am yours. So be it. And the covenant which I have made on earth, let it also be made in heaven. Amen. Today we pray that God would place us wherever he wants. And all it takes is for us to pray three prayers. They are not easy, but they are doable. And so we pray, here I am, send me God. I'm available for your will. I'm willing to go wherever. You can send me wherever you want. And he may send you to a remote country or he may send you to your neighbor and both can be terrifying, but he will send you. We can pray, search me and know me. And when he says, how about that? We say, even that, I'll give up. Even that, I'll hand over. And we can pray not our will, but his will. And we can see God work in our life and fulfill a marvelous purpose when we are his hands. Church, if you would, just pray with me. I'd like to pray for us that we would fulfill this very thing. God, today, we say, it's not our will that's most important. It's your will. God, we are open to being searched by you. We are open to being sent by you. But we just make sure it's you we're following, not ourselves. God, we don't need our own 
will in there. We just need you. And so today, God, we step up, we step forward, and we are willing to pray these prayers because we know that your will is greater than ours. Your will is better than ours. And we will follow that to the ends of the earth. In Jesus' name, amen.